Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I have an amazing guest for you today. Her name is Drea Bloom, and she's a social worker, therapist, and tarot card reader. She is also a huge fan of incorporating holistic strategies into her healing practice, from Reiki to singing bowls, EFT to tarot cards. Drea is a trans woman and for many years worked as a gender therapist serving the transgender community of Southwest Virginia. She recently moved to Durham, North Carolina, is excited to begin a new chapter of her life. A fun fact about her is she spent two years living in Northern Thailand and one year in Japan. Welcome to the podcast, Drea. Oh, Chris, thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here with you. So that's exciting. So you lived in Thailand and Japan. Oh, thank you. That was my prior life. Yes. How cool. Thanks. Yes. I was an ESL teacher. So I was in Hawaii as well and Australia. Got to see the world before I settled down. Love it. So can you tell my listeners more about yourself and your work? Yeah, sure. I um, Gosh, it's been almost 20 years now that I've been a social worker. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I've worked in all sorts of capacities as a social worker. But the entire time, again, almost 20 years now, I've always had a, a part-time private therapy practice and focusing mostly as a gender therapist, so serving the transgender community. Very few resources in Southwest Virginia, so I was very happy to be able to do that. About the same time, started with tarot, so almost 20 years now. Kind of kept me sane during my first year as a case manager, actually, in community mental health. Yeah, having those the process of learning the cards, it was like an anchor for me during that year. So eventually became a tarot card reader and just done a bunch of things, but uh, didn't come out as a trans woman, really. Well, didn't start socially transitioning until about a year ago. So this is new for me as far as actually being out and about as Drea. And it's just fantastic. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I Thank you. It's uh, definitely moving through this crossroads in my life, new chapter, and very, very happy to to have moved to, to the Triangle, living in Durham, and going to be focusing a lot actually on offering groups. I'm kind of dialing down my uh, my clinical individual practice, but I love to teach and to scratch that itch. I'm going to be offering groups when the new year comes. So just, yeah, lots of new things beginning for me and it, it feels good. So what kind of groups do you want to offer? Well, I'll tell you something close to my heart is people pleasing. Uh, that oh, is my, yes. my history. And so I, I like to consider myself a people pleaser in recovery. <laughs> and so yes. I, I Right. I mean, so many people and it's Uh, so common, common. And I think among healers as well, you know, we have big hearts and unfortunately greatest strength can be greatest weakness and and often boundaries can be an issue. And we're often saying yes, when actually we should be saying no. So I'm I'm hoping to have a group, a support group, accountability group for clinicians. I'll be virtual, but kind of to keep, you know, just to keep people kind of accountable to themselves. I think as people pleasers, we end up regretting things that we have, we have done. Like, again, I, why did I, I say that. yes to that? <laughs> right? there, and it's the resentment. And so 
I think building a community around that could be helpful. So I'm, I'm hoping to have one for clinicians and then another one for civilians. And yeah, I've got a bunch of other ideas, but just I, I love the, the ability to create, you know, this small yes. ongoing community. So that, that's my plan. That's so fun. So it sounds like you want to help therapists as well, which I love. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And we need it too. <laughs> right? Sure. Because people are burning out. People burn out left and right and it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when therapists burn out. And I think it can be hard to for therapists to set those boundaries. Oh, I agree. Personally I agree. and professionally, right? Oh, absolutely. Again, we, you know, I think as as healers, we're very sensitive and attuned to what people are needing. And the issue becomes putting other people's needs ahead of our own, which yeah. right, gets us into trouble, unfortunately. Yeah. Exactly. How did you develop your interest in tarot cards? You know, it's such a, it's so interesting to me, cause, and I'll tell you why. Originally, probably five or six years before I started in earnest, I was at a bookstore, because I can remember this like yesterday, and this is probably 25, 26 years ago. I remember thinking tarot cards. I know nothing about them, never had a reading, could be interesting. I picked up a book and holy moly, it looked so complicated. And I wish I could remember <laughs> which book it was because it scared me. I thought, there's no way I can do this. And I, I just, I don't have the mind for it to remember all these meanings. So I put it back and I just didn't think about it. And, you know, fast forward, I guess six years later, and I'm at my job as a case manager, fresh graduate, my MSW and very toxic agency environment. And I just remember during a break surfing the internet. And I have no idea how I came across this website, but I, synchronicity, I believe, but I happened to come across Joan Bunning's tarot, free tarot course on the internet. And there was something about the way she was presenting the cards that I instantly became enraptured. I thought, this is so cool. I can do this. And I was in love with expressive arts therapy. And I thought, oh my gosh, tarot cards. This is like expressive arts therapy, except with, you know, tarot cards. So that, that was what hooked me. I just, I don't, cause I, I can't, I don't think I was looking for tarot, but it, it came across my radar. And ever since then I fell in love and started reading everything I could get my hands on and been my companion ever since. Like I said, I guess now it's almost 20 years. Yeah. And I never even thought expressive arts and tarot cards. That's an oh, yes. amazing combination. Yes. And that's, and I'll tell you what I realized was I want to use these with clients. So I was just, I was working with clients as a case manager, but starting my practice and I wanted a book. I'm like, okay, there's got to be a guidebook that somehow was talking about cards, but also psychology. How might I use these? And there were a couple of books from a Jungian perspective that talked about the cards and the hero's journey perspective. But as far as actually, what can I do with these cards in session with a client? I didn't find well, anything. Was there anything? I was going to say, it was yeah. it crickets. Yeah. They're really, it, yeah, it, absolutely. So what I discovered as I, as I was continuing to learn more, and I'm not trained as an expressive art therapist, but I read a ton and I love making art. Me too. Um, right? The creative spark that we all have. Yeah. So, you know, it's just so fun oh, and it's healing. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I was discovering was that all of these activities in these expressive arts books were, were very applicable to just substituting tarot cards. And so I was, I got inspired and I thought, you know, let me start keeping a journal of activities that make sense, you know, using tarot cards in an expressive arts way. And after, I don't know, five or six years, I had enough activities 
activities where I decided to write a book, and that's the Tarot Activity book. But I found the clients living in Southwest Virginia still very conservative, very, very Christian. But the people that I was using the cards with were just thrilled. Oh, they were, okay. they were th- so good yeah, feedback. They, very good feedback. They tarot cards were meaningful to them, and to have a, a counseling experience where they could be open about that aspect of their identity was that was healing in and of itself. And I just I found that using the cards in that you know, and it's it's almost like IFS in terms of parts. Uh, I mean, they're just so applicable. But you know, let's choose a card because I think that's the thing. People think, well, we're going to be pulling a card quote at random, which one can do. But a lot of the work I've done is here's a deck, go through the deck and deliberately choose a card to represent the problem that you're facing. And now let's look for a card that might represent a solution or something you might need in order to overcome this obstacle. How might your life look and feel when the problem is solved? Find a card to represent that. And so the cards would be, that people would choose would be very rich because the injury right, would be expressing a lot. And so just a wonderful way, or just how are you feeling? Right? How are you feeling today? Go through the deck and what card or cards represent that? And let's talk about it. So it, it allowed people to access different parts of their kind of communication style. So I know you mentioned that where you lived was more conservative, may not be open. So is this a practice you would only use with certain clients? Yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I especially before, you know, we all went viral. We all went viral. We all went, <laughs> we, did, no. <laughs> we did. Right. I mean, yeah, we did. We went viral in, in yeah, several different sure. ways. Mm-hmm. But as far as doing things online, you know, I was really stuck. And, and and that was fine. I didn't even think about doing teletherapy, right? I mean, who a lot of people, you know, it's like here yeah, I am. Yeah, it was new for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, this is my office. My office is in Roanoke and I'm working with people, you know, in Roanoke. But yes, it definitely a sense of if I put on my Psychology Today profile or even on my, my website originally, what might happen. But basically, when I think it's a self-selection process too. I mean, I would have the decks in my office. My office was full of rocks and crystals and all sorts of things. A very witchy kind of office. And so- yes. <laughs> right? I mean, and, and like I saw before mm. we went on, you know, your office, the energy is amazing. Like I would oh, love to cool. sit in your office and, you, you know, have a session because it's... That's awesome. I'm so glad you said that. It's, oh my God. Yeah, no, the energy, it's funny because it, even across video... You can, energy, you can, yeah, energy knows the feel it. Yeah. And the color, you know, the, the, the colors that you're using. And so I think our clients, you know, for you, for me, people understand, okay, this is someone who perhaps, you know, I share an interest with because I would have decks in a basket, you know, next to me at the ready. I mean, people would be like, oh, yeah, you're into tarot. Me too. Okay. So that's almost like an invitation, right? When you have, I'm thinking it's easier in person than virtual, but, but having that stuff mm-hmm. available. And I think that kind of opens people up a little because I have the same thing that I, my, when I had in person to have the crystals out and I had my essential oils. And so that kind of, oh, wow. So look at that and look at her books. And so this is a place that's safer to talk about this. Oh, yes, without a doubt. And it's funny, you know, I've got this Facebook group that I organized, the Therapists Who Tarot Facebook group, and people have talked in there about putting in their informed consent a menu. These are the modalities that I use, you know, CBT, DBT, EMDR, tarot. And so... Going over the informed consent with a client gives 
the client the opportunity to see, yeah, you know, this is available and to ask about it or just to know, hey, this is a safe space. So I think part of it, because since I don't have my office people aren't seeing a basket of tarot cards. And so I think, and I certainly I felt a lot braver in the last number of years, you know, being very explicit on my website. I use okay. tarot or I'm a tarot card reader. So it definitely has changed. Okay. Yeah. But, but I do think there are ways to like telegraph the fact that, yes, this this is something that we can explore together. Because I wondered when you first started this and was using it in sessions, did you have a fear of coming out of that holistic closet is what I call it? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I think I was lucky. Well, I was lucky because a couple of things, because my practice was really one day a week, like one to one and a half days a week, the whole way through, because I was doing a lot of adjunct teaching as well as other social work, like kind of part-time I was doing independent evaluations at psych wards. I was doing, uh, you know, all sorts of, I was leading groups and working in addiction, IOP programs, but everything was part-time. And I had the luxury then of not having to take insurance. Um, I, you know, I, I used a sliding scale, but a lot of my client base came uh, word of mouth, you know, so, so people already were kind of knowing the kind of person I was, True. I think if I, right. And so if I had to take insurance, cause then certainly the language I would have to use in writing my notes, different. Um, yeah. it would be different. And I think having to fill up a practice, at least in Roanoke, I, I would have had to be, I don't know if I could have sustained a practice, you know, full-time practice just with people who are interested in holistic or witchy sorts of stuff. Actually, let's say 15 years ago, that has changed. I, I think so think, too. Right? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people, just like here in the Triangle, right? So many people are moving here who are very, you know, progressive and open-minded. And Roanoke's kind of the same way. You, you know, in the last five years, a lot of people have moved into town who I think are very open-minded. But uh, but yeah, I think because for me, it was more word of mouth. It, it just, I didn't really face like, oh, how, how should I market myself in terms of where tarot might fit? So I kind of escaped that. You escaped that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like you kind of just went with it and were able to to roll with it and not get too caught up in fear and letting that yeah. stop you. Exactly. I mean, the feedback was beautiful, I have to say. And, and it continues to be. I mean, again, now I'm just much more open about it. But I think it's such a rich, rich and it, it, it's a projective device. I mean, that's how yeah, I certainly. That's it. Right. Yeah. It's people are going to I mean, whatever is needing to come up will come up. Because the imagery does that, you know, just sitting yeah. with the imagery. It's amazing. So that's how I, I mean, as a tarot card reader, I feel like, you know, that's this, and I don't certainly, I don't feel like I have any divinatory gifts the way that some people can look at a card and say, you know, this will happen to you or, right. you know, mm -hmm. but it, it is amazing that when I work with the cards as a reader, the information that comes up in terms of the future often seems very clear, but I, I don't have to worry about that. And I think it's funny, a lot of therapists I talk to are scared. They feel like, yes. oh my gosh, mm -hmm. right? I, I have to remember all of the meanings of these cards. And what if I'm with a client and, and I forget? And I'm like, no, that's not how we use it in therapy, you know, in therapy. As so a there's projector. a difference. Oh, a total difference. I mean, it's, it can be as simple as, you know, if a client has a deck, that's one thing. If they don't, I'm using, you know, my deck and I ask them, hey, just let me know when you want me to stop. Okay. And here I'm pulling a card. I've got a document camera. So the card is on the screen. They can oh, see it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it can be as simple as, okay, based on what we've been talking about in session, what message does this card have for you? So I really, 
there's no pressure on me to have to come up with meanings. It's all coming from the client. And they 99 times out of 100, they're, they're going to, you know, something will come up for them that's meaningful based on the imagery. So, so I tell people, you don't have to be afraid to use the cards in session. So it's not, because I, I just got to tell you what happened last time I had somebody on my podcast <laughs> talked about yes, tarot I'll cards. Go, I'll, I, I'll go ahead. <laughs> this is why I think therapists get a little nervous with holistic things or coming out of that holistic closet. And with tarot cards, I, I had uh, posted in that local listserv about uh, the episode and people went crazy. Oh no. This is therapists. Okay. So people judgy and saying we're fortune telling, we're promoting unethical things and how dare you. And and then people defending me. And this went on for like two days. Okay. Oh no. When, how long ago was this? You said it was early. This was, uh, let's see, probably last year. Was it October maybe? Something like that. Oh wow. You mean not in night, you know? Oh no, this so, podcast hasn't been out that long. Yeah. That's, oh, I'm, that's, I'm really sorry you had to experience that. That's yeah. So, so that just was like, yeah. oh, that's like a punch in the gut for me. It was good. I mean, some good came out of that because I did have a lot of people supporting and we need to be open-minded. Let's have more conversations about different, you know, yeah. holistic strategies. So it was good, but it's interesting that there are therapists that are not uh-huh. open to these, which is fine. You know, do you, you do you. I'll tell you there, I've been on Facebook groups that I'm no longer a part of where other therapists were saying you should be reported to the board oh because you, oh yeah hateful 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 so <sighs> you know can i curse yeah. on the podcast or no i don't yes, know maybe you can. I, I mean <laughs> I, it's a big fuck you to those people yes um how mm. dare they and i'll tell you the irony so here's how i and, and you might consider this if anyone gives you a hard time but my my response is what is, mm. is a couple of things number one you have a stereo you know if i'm talking to the person and typically people they have this i said idea in their head but my take is listen you're judging me without knowing how exactly. i'm using these cards right these the cards were invented in the renaissance by christians for as as a card game right okay mm-hmm. you know you you can read tea leaves it doesn't mean we're saying oh my gosh tea is is somehow this the tool of the devil right because it's this idea in the bible that you shouldn't foretell the future and it's like no this these cards the way that we are using them has nothing to do with foretelling the future it comes from this long tradition in terms of jungian depth psychology as well as the rorschach test you know it's a projective right. device again the cards you know the devil and death it's christian imagery they're not satanic so you know, so people are very ignorant in terms of where they're coming from judging us. But and, and then people will talk about the evidence base. Um, yeah. Kind of oh, bold. yeah. That was the other thing that came up. Oh, yeah. my God. So here's my reply. <laughs> OK, here's my let reply me hear to that is that that's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, number one, <laughs> we, we know that evidence based, yeah, you yeah. know, that whole idea is biased and it uh, is. basically right. It really doesn't mean anything because, you know, CBT might work with me, but it might not work with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And and as therapists, I mean, what I learned from my mentor was that it's not about content. It's all about process. And so it doesn't matter. We can use anything therapeutically. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. As long as it's meaningful to the client. And so my answer is, okay. so I lived right down the street from Lynchburg, Virginia, home to Liberty University. Right. Jerry Falwell's old stomping grounds. And, you know, Liberty University pumps out hundreds of Christian counselors yes. mm-hmm. every year. And, not, and I have nothing against Christian counselors, 
But if someone is a Christian counselor who is basing, and again, this is what they're being taught in any sort of Christian counseling program, right, is that you are basing the way you do therapy on the Bible. And I would argue that there is no evidence in terms of the Bible being, right, so, so biblical therapy is evidence-based, right? Then, then what does that right. mean? No, right? No, I, I, bam. Right? <laughs> yes. Right, bam, because <laughs> to me, the joke is there's no evidence that therapy works per se, but it, but it does, but there's plenty of evidence that it works for people who believe in the Bible, right? In other uh, words, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You, you've got people who use Christian counselors because they believe that that type of therapeutic modality is true, even though it's not, quote, evidence-based, you know, scientifically. True. And we don't... And, and so here's my thing. We don't criticize Christian counselor. You know, we don't say, oh my gosh, if you're a Christian counselor, that's not evidence. How dare you, you? How dare you? Right. How dare you use the Bible as the basis for your practice? You know, how, your, how you do therapy. No, we don't. And so my take is, if we are giving Christian counselors a pass, then um, it shouldn't matter that we're using tarot cards in our practice, because again, we're... Right. It's... It, it, it's just the, the whole, this whole criticism doesn't make any sense. It's just people who have this idea in their head of what tarot cards are. Misconceptions. Is misconception. Exactly. And and I will say this, because I know when I posted on Facebook about um, doing a tarot card workshop, I think there was a therapist who said, um, nobody should use tarot cards because those belong to the gypsies. It's a, it's a closed tradition. And you'll hear this every so often, you know, that, that gypsies have been persecuted, you know, using tarot cards for fortune telling is something that they have done. They've been persecuted for it, but only they are allowed to use that because that's part of their culture, which is completely false. That is, that is not true. And I hate that people use this idea or use any idea surrounding tarot cards to make fe- people feel less than uh, when it's 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 just false, you know, um, and I could talk and I won't. And I, I can tell how passionate you are. <laughs> I am. I just it makes me angry because I, I know think, me too. Like, really, this is what we are uh, spending our time arguing about. And and I, I just, I pity the people who work with therapists who are so close-minded because obviously their their judginess is going to ensure that, that they're never able to really connect with clients in a meaningful way. So, I mean, that's why I created the Therapists Who Tarot, uh, the Facebook group, because I, it was heartbreaking to me that people would be very enthusiastic about tarot as a therapist. And then again, people completely ignorant about what they're talking about and being therapists, being very hateful. It's like, yeah. no, we need a safe yeah, space. Exactly. <laughs> Which is and why being I'm shot here. down. <laughs> being yeah. shot down. So, I mean, I appreciate what you're yeah. doing with your podcast too, because you're creating this space for people to talk about these things. Yeah. But I think the moral of the story is that, yes, it is more, it's becoming more open, right? More people are like, once mindfulness oh, yes. became popular and I think People talk more about meditation and and gradually, you know, yoga became a little bit more mainstream and, yes. and hopefully I hope things still go in that direction. But just a caveat for those still in the holistic closet that might be hesitant that there, you will get some backlash sometimes, period. But, it, you know, you can handle that. Just figuring out the best way to manage it. And there will be people, but and especially if it's clients, then maybe that's not the client for you. Well, and, and that's the thing, I think. Nobody is is forcing a client. Yeah, exactly. To use tarot. Yeah, and in fact, I mean, the New York Times a couple of years ago had had a big article about therapists with clients who were interested in astrology and tarot oh, and witchy yeah. things, right? And 
and how as therapists, it's important for us to become in some sense literate in, in these sorts of things because younger people are just yeah. so interested in these oh, for topics, sure. right? And so I, I think, you know, we, we do our clientele a favor by, by letting them know, hey, we're open and there's absolutely space Yes, in for session this. if you want mm -hmm. for this. Yeah, yeah. That open. Because I'm trying to think, like if some of my clients, like you said, they bring, I have one that brings up astrology to me and we talk about that. And another one who's into Wicca. And I was like, tell me more about that. I'm trying to learn, you know, but what would that be like if they went to someone who was just like, oh no, we can't talk about that. I just can't even imagine just that being shut down. And Oh my gosh. Well, that's what I think is, you know, again, silver lining of COVID is that people now have access, you know, they can, again, being in Roanoke and poor Roanoke, I mean, Roanoke is very beautiful <laughs> with the mountains. You know, you're not going to find as many tarot friendly or witchy friendly therapists there compared to other places, let's say Charlottesville or, you know, kind of more progressive Northern Virginia. So I love the fact now that, that it is normal. It's yeah. been normalized, right? That you can find a therapist anywhere in the I state. Know. And so people will find their person, I think. Exactly. Oh, I know we got off a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. It's important. It's, it's important information. Stuff, think, yeah. It is for sure. Because that stigma still can be out there for clients and for therapists, I think. Yes. So. And I hope, I hope it, as you promote, and I'll be promoting this as well, but hopefully oh, yes. people. Thank you. Maybe, you know, I'll cut, you just sick me on them. I, I will, I will set them. I mean, in a <laughs> gentle bodyguard, way. My bodyguard, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, hey, stop, this is not okay. Stop it. exactly. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So I guess let's go back to the beginning because I've not used tarot with clients yet. I just haven't had the bandwidth to do training yet, but I do want to. So for me, I'm just kind of like, okay, where do I start because <laughs> to me it's a little overwhelming because i'm not I, I don't even have a tarot card deck like where oh. do, we, do we start with getting a, a deck first and how do you pick one? Oh, i'm so excited for you what a wonderful journey yeah um yeah because i think going to a bookstore i, I know that there are several metaphysical shops you know yes. in raleigh and in, in chapel hill and Cary. i don't know about durham i'm sure though but and, and there are plenty of places online where you can just or even if you put in tarot card deck yeah. to amazon just kind of getting a sense what what kind of imagery resonates with me okay but you know, the issue does become just because the imagery resonates with you, will it resonate with a client? And so kind of thinking in terms of, well, what are decks that I love that, you know, I might get one or two decks that are just special for me that I can use with clients if they like these decks, but also there are decks that are very diverse. And so thinking about the clients that we're serving and how might the deck that we're using with them resonate with them? Right. Uh, and and again, that's there, a good point. Yeah, I mean, there are decks that, uh, again, people in terms of ethnicity and gender and age, those decks are out there. Because the other issue, when we were in person, right, just collectively having four or five decks in a basket, right? Hey, which deck do you want to use? Now, virtually, you know, if we are working virtually, it's like, well, do you have a deck? You know, client, right? Yeah. Do you mm -hmm. have a deck? Let's use your deck. Um, if not, here's the deck, you know, that I like. It becomes a little more awkward doing it virtually, but it certainly doesn't have to be. But again, I, I would recommend thinking in terms of a deck for me, that I can have available, but also maybe a deck that doesn't resonate as much with me, but I think would be applicable in terms of imagery to the majority of my clients. But the the other piece, so I do want to mention is 
That's why I wrote the book. I mean, the Tarot Activity book. And I guess it's almost 10 years now that I that I had written it. That book is filled with almost 100 ways to use tarot cards in session. Wow. And so, yes. So no one Perfect. has to read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm really proud of it. I mean, thank you. Yes. I, I mean, so my advice would be spend some time just, you know, spending time with imagery to see which deck you might want to explore. And then if you get your hands on that book, because I don't try to think, I mean, there are other books out there, but as far as just activities that you can use immediately with a client, I mean, that's why I'm so proud of the book. I mean, it's just filled with them. And so I think that's all you really need to do because you don't have to necessarily spend years learning the traditional meanings of the cards. I mean, obviously like that's something I've done and it's very meaningful, but I, I've met... You don't have to. Okay. You don't have to. They're very intimidated. They they think I've got to spend these years. <laughs> it's what I thought. I'm like, because I'm <laughs> yes, studying no. yoga still. It's like, okay, how do I have time for... Yes. One more area to learn. No, don't worry. And and again, I, I really like Joan Bunning, B-U-N-N-I-N-G. Joan Bunning's work is awesome. You know, she's got a book or if you just Google, you know, Joan Bunning tarot course, it'll pop up. Yeah, I would say don't let that prevent you from just exploring with your client the imagery. Because again, you don't have to know anything about the traditional meaning to have that card initiate a conversation right sure between you and your client so so yeah really there's not a lot of there really isn't any obstacle i think that would prevent a person from incorporating yeah it's absolutely a very low bar as long as you're um, just thinking creatively can you you said initially you you mentioned have them um, pick a card that shows the problem you said was it solution to sure say you know, that again what did you sure. say sure oh absolutely and this would be the person looking through the deck yes uh, yeah you know it's like okay choose a card that represents the issue the problem you're dealing with right now uh, what card represents the way out you know the, the solution mm-hmm. you know the solution to the problem. And then I always like to have them choose a card that represents them without the problem. Mm, interesting. Like that look like, yeah. And, and just, you know, there are 78 cards in a deck. So there's plenty of imagery for them to go through. And at least one will resonate. But I really like the idea, too, of choosing one or more cards to represent your protector. Ooh. Right. So again, kind of getting into IFS stuff, but you could you could have a card represent your inner critic, your protector. You could have them create a mandala or a shield where what they're doing, I love collage. And they can certainly take a picture, you know, they can take a picture of what they create. Or I used to buy decks in bulk. Um, that was where my money went. And, and I would actually, you know, <laughs> yes, I mean, but I, I love for people to actually glue, you know, take cards and use them in arts and crafts projects. You know, let's let's actually create a shield and have seven or eight cards to represent who or what is going to protect you. And and let's make, it's kind of like a vision board almost, you know, let's make a piece of artwork and, and cut up cards and do all sorts of things. Nice. Right? So that's that's where the expressive arts influence comes in. There's just so much that you can do. And so again, I've, I've got a lot of that in the book. But again, that, that's where you don't have to know any of the traditional oh, meanings. Well, I, just... I think I've been overthinking this. <laughs> no, and it, it, it makes sense. No, I mean, it's because I, I think when we consider, oh yeah, using tarot cards in therapy, like it kind of makes sense. Like, oh, I guess I'm going to be pulling cards or talking about the meanings. I mean, that that makes sense to me. But again, if if we just think of them as 78 different milieus, right? Different scenes 
uh, connecting to archetypes and right. daily mm-hmm. life and energies. You know, we have 78 really options that our clients can go to when it comes to sure. how they might want to express themselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I really got to say, I love the simplicity of that. And and I love just open questions that you can just jump right in and say, hey, what represents the problem? There you go. Yes. <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah. As simple as that. And you could probably, you know, then it's just you being a therapist and you can have, a, you know, a 30 minute conversation yeah. based on how, you know, how is cool. the problem connecting to the imagery? Yeah. Like why that, like, why did you pick that card then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just go from there. It's almost like a stepping stone to the session. Yes. Yes, exactly. So for you, is there any ethical or legal considerations with it? No. I mean, again, if you think about the Rorschach test, you know, the language I'm using is this projective device. So we're using imagery. So not not having to use the word tarot um, okay. at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there's nothing. Again, it's it's using something, I, I think, as therapists, you know, the training that we receive in process right? How are we processing whatever it might be that's coming up? I mean, I very much respect art therapists and expressive arts therapists. You know, I certainly don't say I'm doing art therapy or expressive arts therapy. But, you know, as far as using this kind of third object, right? There's the client, there's me as the clinician, and then there's this third presence, you know, the the card deck or the imagery. And so I don't feel like I'm operating out of, a, out of my competency because basically, again, it's it's all being client-driven right? What are you noticing as the client in this card that relates to what we're talking about in session? So yeah, I think as long as we see it as a projective device, uh, then we're fine. And then you mentioned informed consent too, and and that's oh, yeah. Yeah. covering yourself too, just making sure that's in there. And if that's something Absolutely. you're going to be using. And, and of course, for me, it's informed consent too. I always tell therapists that each time you use something, like for me, when I use yoga, do you feel like using this today? <laughs> I'm not going to force anybody to do some breath work or yoga if they don't want to. Right, right. And I, I think that most of us, even just thinking that way, um, yeah, are already yeah. super ethical. It's I'm sure you, you know, you and I both have heard plenty of stories of therapists who've oh, done yeah. pretty horrific things. And and I feel like, oh my gosh, you know, we're worried about this when these people are just creating such harm for clients. So yeah, I, I try not to overthink it. I, I do feel like we know if a client wants to do it, it'll be very obvious. Um, and for again, sure. it's a conversation, right? It's, yeah, we're not, I mean, that's the thing about about Christian counseling, which I think is important is that certainly in my experience, if someone is not open, right, about yeah. mm-hmm how they're doing therapy. And that's certainly something I experience. I don't mean to, you know, shit all over Christian counselors. That's not my, but I think, you know, living in a place where people were not necessarily being um, open about the fact that they were coming from this perspective, I think, especially because I was working with the LGBTQ plus community, um, that can be very damaging when a person doesn't realize, you know, that this is the perspective that their therapist has. So, you know, I, I, that's what I worry about is, you know, does someone have a philosophical base that will inform how they're doing therapy that actually maybe is, let's say, anti-LGBT? And certainly Christian counselors can be very pro-diversity. But I just think when it comes to tarot, um, again, I've, I, I just, it's hard for me to imagine where someone would be pissed off because it's always going to be a conversation. Hey, does, you know, and, and I think it's, it's in my experience, 
it's client driven. It's like, oh, I want to do this with you. Like you're into tarot or, you know, I saw it on your informed consent. When can we use, you know, when can yeah, we use exactly. the card? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. they're excited. <laughs> they're very excited. They're very excited about it. Yeah. So what would you say to encourage therapists who, who might be hesitant to use this? And what would yeah. you say to get for them to start? How would they start? Well, and I appreciate the question. Again, I just, I mean, I, I wrote the book that I that I needed at the time, you know, and, and I still, I, I wish there were more books like it even now because I think therapists yeah, are so creative. Exactly. So I, I do think that if, if they read, you know, my book, the, the Tarot Activity book, they would see that, oh my gosh, this is, this is something I'm, I, I can do, right? This is something that as a therapist makes perfect sense to me and is totally doable. And I, I think that would allow a person to feel less intimidated, okay. realizing, mm-hmm. yeah, right. All, all I need to do is ask a simple question. Like I was saying before, you know, how are you feeling today? Do you want to choose a card to represent, you know? You're feeling, yeah. Yeah, where you are in your life right now. So something as simple as that, that any therapist can do, but with the cards, that's the yeah, beautiful that's thing. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, okay, out of the 78 cards, you chose this one. Let's talk about it. And so I, I would hope that people then realize, yeah, all the training I have just to be a therapist makes me totally qualified yes. to use this tool. Because again, we're, we're not, it's not like the Rorschach test in terms of, you know, we're, or any sort of personality tests where we're having to, you know, grade it, right? Um, it, it truly is this intuitive tool where, okay, you're looking at an image, what's coming up for you, right? right from your intuition. And, uh, and again, I think any therapist who, who is, you know, just simply worth their salts, right. Um, would be able to do that with a And they could come to your Facebook group too, right? Yes. If anyone wants that kind of support, I mean, we, uh, we have a monthly meetup where people who are just starting out integrating tarot into their practice can ask questions and they, they can ask questions, you know, post any time, certainly, but we've got our monthly meetup and we have a book club as well, where we're reading books that hopefully can make us feel more comfortable, you know, as therapists, just being familiar with tarot and how they might be used. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice community, I would say. And what's the best way for listeners to find you to learn more about you? Oh, well, I've got my website, which is just dreabloom.com, D-R-E-Y-A-B-L-U-M-E, dreabloom.com. So I've got information about trainings that I have coming up. And yes, every so often I do a live training as far as using tarot cards in clinical practice. And actually there will be a retreat. Uh, Rebecca Bloom and I, a therapist on the West Coast, will be offering outside of Seattle in April that will be focused on making your own tarot cards and using them clinically and it'll be for therapists. And so I'll start promoting that probably in several weeks. So yeah, there's, I think my website is a good hub. Okay. And we'll have all that in the show notes too on the website. So thank you. But thank you so much for coming on the Holistic Counseling Podcast, Drea. Oh, Chris, again, thank you so much. I appreciate what you do. Thank you. And you've reached the end of another episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Are you loving this podcast? Please do a favor and share on social media or with a friend or colleague. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time, take care. Thank you for listening and supporting the Holistic Counseling Podcast. If you are loving this podcast, please share with your colleagues so we can continue to grow our holistic community. Also, are you ready to take the next step to create an integrative counseling practice? 
I invite you to sign up for my free nine-part email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you'll explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to manifest your dream practice. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com, scroll down, and enter your name and email address today.